0: Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. This will be, again, Joseph Smith History. This time we're going to be starting in verse 63 all the way to the end. On the fifth day of April, 1829, Oliver Cowdery came to my house, until which time I had never seen him. He stated to me that having been teaching school in the neighborhood where my father resided, and my father being one of those who sent to the school, he went to board for a season at his house. And while there, the family related to him the circumstances of my having received the plates, and accordingly, he had come to make inquiries of me. Two days after the arrival of Mr. Cowdery, being the 7th of April, I commenced to translate the Book of Mormon, and he began to write for me. We still continued the work of translation when, in the ensuing month, April of 1829, we, on a certain day, went into the woods to pray and inquire of the Lord, respecting baptism for the remission of sins that we found mentioned in the translation of the plates." From this statement and from Oliver Cowdery's account of the restoration of the Aaronic priesthood, it can be reasonably deduced where Joseph and Oliver were in the process of translation when they went into the woods to inquire of the Lord relative to the necessity of baptism. Oliver said that it took place after writing the account given of the Savior's ministry to the remnant of the seed of Jacob upon this continent. This would place the work of translation in 3 Nephi chapter 11. It will be remembered that Nephi's discourse on baptism... Second Nephi 31 was recorded on the small plates of Nephi which were not translated until after the account of the ministry of the Savior and the books that followed it had been translated that was by Joseph Fielding McConkie while we were thus employed praying and calling upon the Lord a messenger from heaven descended in a cloud of light and having laid his hands upon us he ordained us there could be there could be but I'm sorry, let me start over this little quote here from Joseph Eli McConkie. There could be a little surprise that when the priesthood was lost, the knowledge of how it was properly obtained was lost also. Here we learn that the way the priesthood is conferred is by the laying on of hands. This symbolizes the placing of God's hands upon those who are being commissioned to act in his stead. The same Hebrew word for hand meant power means power. They, that Symbolically, the laying on of hands represents the conferring of power. Uh, He ordained us, saying, Upon you, my fellow servants, in the name of Messiah, I confer the priesthood of Aaron, which holds the keys of the ministering of angels, and of the gospel of repentance, and of baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. And this shall never be taken again from the earth until the sons of Levi do offer again an offering unto the Lord in righteousness. As the Melchizedek priesthood holds the keys or authority to perform the ordinances by which men come into the presence of God, so the Aaronic priesthood holds the authority to perform the ordinances by which we are prepared to receive the ministration of angels. For instance, Joseph Smith said, All priesthood is Melchizedek, but there are different portions or degrees of it. That portion which brought Moses to speak with God face to face was taken away, but that which brought the ministry of angels remained. Dallin Oaks said, he explained, in general, the blessings of spiritual companionship or communication and communication are only available to those who are clean through the Aaronic priesthood ordinances of baptism and the sacrament. We are cleansed of our sins and promise that if we keep our covenants, we will always have His Spirit to be with us. I believe that promise not only refers to the Holy Ghost, but also to the ministering of angels. For angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. So it is that those who hold the Aaronic priesthood open the door for all church members who worthily partake of the sacrament to enjoy the companionship of the Spirit of the Lord and the ministering of angels. It becomes the right of all who are the household of faith to enjoy this blessing. We need not suppose that the ministering of angels is always known or seen by those to whom they have ministered. It was the Apostle Paul who said that some have entertained angels unawares. Angelic messengers can be delivered or yeah can be delivered by a voice or merely by thoughts or feelings communicated to the mind. President John Taylor described the action of the angels or messengers of God upon our minds so that the heart can conceive revelations from the eternal world. Charles W. Penrose said, "Now as to the sons of Levi spoken of by John the Baptist in his ordination of Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery, they are or will be descendants of Levi holding the priesthood of Aaron who will make the offering" the offerings predicted by the prophets to be presented to the Lord in latter days in Zion and in Jerusalem. In Zion, men chosen of the Lord for the special work mentioned will be persons sanctified by the Spirit unto the renewing of their bodies. At Jerusalem, they will be Levites by lineal descent, offering the sacrifices that will be required after the restoration spoken of in Zechariah and many others of the prophets of old concerning the restitution of all things. The Aaronic Priesthood, is a preparatory priesthood as it was intended to prepare the nation of Israel for the coming of Christ in the meridian of time. So it is to prepare the covenant people of the Lord for the return of their king and the establishment of the millennial kingdom. Well, what Malachi is telling us is that as the sons of Levi were to do a labor to prepare their people for the coming of Christ, in like manner they are to do a special labor in the last days to prepare those of the house of faith to receive that same Christ. Thus, John restores to Joseph and Oliver the very authority by which the sons of Levi will be purified and by which they will perform the same ordinances performed by their ancient counterparts. Amplifying what is involved here, Joseph Smith explained It is generally supposed that sacrifice was entirely done away when the great sacrifice, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, was offered up, and that there will be no necessity for the ordinance of sacrifice in future. But those who assert this are certainly not acquainted with the duties. privileges and authority of the priesthood, or with the prophets. The offering of sacrifice has ever been connected and forms a part of the duties of the priesthood. It began with the priesthood and will be continued until after the coming of Christ, from generation to generation. We frequently have mentioned made of the offering of sacrifice by the servants of the Most High in ancient days prior to the Law of Moses, which ordinances will be continued when the priesthood is restored with all its authority, power, and blessings. These sacrifices, as well as every ordinance belonging to the priesthood, will, when the temple of the Lord shall be built, and the sons of Levi be purified, be fully restored and attended to in all their powers, ramifications, and blessings. This ever did and ever will exist when the powers of the Melchizedek Priesthood are sufficiently manifest— Else how can the restitution of all things spoken of by the holy prophets be brought to pass? It is not to be understood that the law of Moses will be established again, with all its rites and variety of ceremonies. This has never been spoken of by the prophets, but those things which existed prior to Moses' day, namely sacrifice, will be continued. It may be asked by some what necessity for sacrifice, since the great sacrifice was offered. In answer, to which if repentance, baptism, and faith existed prior to the days of Christ, what necessity for them since that time? The priesthood has descended in a regular line from father to son through their succeeding generations. Joseph Fielding Smith said, It should be remembered that the great temple which is yet to be built in the city of Zion will not be one edifice but twelve. Joseph said there would be twenty-four buildings. Some of these temples will be for the lesser priesthood, When those temples are built, it is very likely that provision will be made for some ceremonies and ordinances which may be performed by the Aaronic priesthood, and a place provided where the sons of Levi may offer their offering in righteousness. This will have to be the case because all things are to be restored. There will be ordinances performed in ancient Israel in the tabernacle when in the wilderness, and after it was established at Shiloh in the land of Canaan and later in the temple built by Solomon. The Lord has informed us that this was the case and has said that in in those edifices, ordinances for the the people were performed. These these temples that we now have, however, the Lord commanded to be built for the purpose of giving to the saints the blessings which belong to the exaltation blessings, which are are to prepare those who receive them to enter into his rest which rest is the fullness of his glory. And these ordinances have to be performed by authority of the Melchizedek priesthood, which the sons of Levi do not hold. The sacrifice of animals will be done to complete the restoration when the temple spoken of is built at the beginning of the millennium or in the restoration. Blood sacrifices will be performed long enough to complete the fullness of the restoration in this dispensation. Afterwards, sacrifice will be of some other character. Verse seventy. He said that that he said this Aaronic priesthood had not the power of laying on of on hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost, but that this should be conferred upon us conferred on us hereafter. And he commanded us to go and be baptized, and gave us directions that I should baptize Oliver Cowdery, and that afterwards he should baptize me. The first time that the Holy Ghost is conferred upon people isn't until April 6, 1830, when the church is organized. Verse 71, Accordingly, we went and were baptized. I baptized him first, and afterwards afterwards, he baptized me. After which I laid my hands upon his head and ordained him to the Aaronic Priesthood, and afterwards he laid his hands on me and ordained me to the, to the same priesthood. For so we were commanded. Immediately after they had baptized each other, Joseph and Oliver were directed by John to reordain each other. Though no explanation is given, Given it would appear that the Baptist was establishing the order of the kingdom, that is, that baptism must precede receipt of the priesthood. Their so doing also reaffirms the principle that angels do not do for for us what we can do for ourselves. In other words, John the Baptist didn't baptize them himself, although he could have. Verse 72, the messenger who visited us on this occasion and conferred this priesthood upon us said that his name was John, the same that is called John the Baptist in the New Testament, and that he acted under the direction of Peter, James, and John, who held the keys of the priesthood of Melchizedek, which priesthood, he said, would in due time be conferred on us, and that I should be called the first elder of the church, and he, Oliver Cowdery, the second. It was on the 15th day of May, 1829, that we were ordained under the hand of this messenger and baptized. Oliver becomes also the assistant president to Joseph. Later, after Oliver is excommunicated, Hiram Smith becomes the associate or assistant president. Verse seventy-three. Immediately on our coming up out of the water after we had been baptized, we experienced great and glorious blessings from our heavenly Father. No sooner had I baptized Oliver Cowdery than the Holy Ghost fell upon him, and he soon and he stood up and prophesied many things which should shortly come to pass. And again, no sooner so soon as I had been baptized by him, I also had the spirit of prophecy. When standing up, I prophesied concerning the rise of this church and many other things connected with the church and this generation of the children of men. We were filled with the Holy Ghost and rejoiced in the, get, in the God of our salvation. Our minds being now enlightened, we began to have the scriptures laid open to our understanding and the true meaning and intention of their more mysterious passages revealed unto us in a manner which we never could attain to previously, nor ever before had thought of in the meantime we were forced to keep sacred or to keep secret the circumstances of having received the priesthood and our having been baptized owing to a spirit of persecution which had already manifested itself in the neighborhood we had been threatened with being mobbed from time to time and this too by professors of religion And their intentions of mobbing us were only counteracted by the influence of my wife's father's family, under divine providence, who had become very very friendly to me, and who were opposed to mobs and were willing that I should be allowed to continue the work of translation without interruption, and therefore offered and promised us protection from all unlawful proceedings as far as in them lay. I bear testimony that these things are true, that this, um, these experiences that Joseph Smith is, is recounting here are true, and, and I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet of God. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So long. Bye.